WEEI.com's DJ Bean covers the Bruins, and he can't, I had, he's the first guy I heard say a phrase that I've grown to hate in the last couple of weeks. He was there tonight at the Garden for a Bruins win. DJ, how are you? I'm outstanding. How are you, Mud? I'm good. Thanks for joining me on a very busy night for uh, you. We'll start with the, the game tonight. We had a couple of texters who are weighing in on the play of David Pasternak and the way he has played here recently, DJ. A uh, couple of nice skill goals tonight and got the Bruins out to a good start and a big win. Yeah, uh, coming along nicely. Uh, I would caution, and I'm sure that Louis Erickson is going to be a topic of this conversation. He will be. I, I would caution that Louis Erickson was a big part of David Pasternak having a good night, which is uh, kind of only natural. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to need, Louis or no Louis, they're going to need Pasternak to, to be what he looked like he was becoming last season. Uh, obviously, a, a weird start to the season for Pasternak. He was quiet early on, then he gets hurt, and then comes back in the lineup and kind of up and down production. He's played better the last few games. You're starting to see him a lot more active than he usually is. So that's a good sign for these guys, regardless of what they do, because no matter what moves they make, they still, I don't want to say they feel pressure to, but they still intend to make the playoffs. And David Pasternak will be an even bigger part of that if they move on from Erickson. I guess Pasternak is part of the conversation, DJ, but the the young players this year, I know you were really big on this going into the year. Figure out what you have with these guys, right? Get out of 2016 this season, and okay, these are the guys we're building with. These guys are good. These guys are not. That young group of players that coming into the year you wanted to judge, do you feel like as a group they have progressed? Have they regressed somewhere in the middle? Uh, well, it's funny that you should mention that because, okay, so they start with this group of players and you're like, all right, they've got Spooner, they've got Pasternak, they've got Morrow, they've got Colin Miller, they've got Zach Trotman. Uh, all right, let's see which one of these guys will kind of, we can go down this checklist of which guys kind of get there, which is sure. take that next step. And you, you, as you said, you, you know that going forward, okay, you've got this guy. So it starts and you're like, okay, Spooner, check, got it. And then you're waiting <laughs> for, like, and then, like, Spooner has another game, and you're like, okay, good, yeah, Spooner, all right, we already did that one. And uh, and the rest of it kind of never comes, and, and that's a product of really the fact that d- despite you and me both thinking that that should be their goal, figuring out which of these guys are, are they're going to take with them into the future seasons, their goal was also still to, to win games and try to make the playoffs. So their, their number one priority isn't playing Colin Miller at all costs, isn't playing Joe Morrow at all costs. They're trying to win games and at the same time determining which one of these young players helps them win games. And whoever helps you win right now might not necessarily be who helps you win in the future. So it's kind of, it kind of defeats the purpose of, of having their, them there in some ways. So it's been tricky. I mean, Morrow has been better uh, of late and, and they've rewarded him and kept him in the lineup. Um, Colin Miller, uh, I know that he's become he's probably become the the next Ryan Spooner, which is the guy that when people say why aren't they playing the kids, this is the number one guy they point to because he's got a lot of flashy skill. Uh, Miller, I think I've seen enough of him to know that he's one of your guys next year. Is he a good defensive player right now? Not really at the NHL level, but uh, maybe he'll get there. Uh, Trotman, kind of jury's still out, but. For me, what I would do is I would find a way to consolidate this number of defensemen you have, including Kevin Miller, into uh, maybe fewer and better defensemen. 
Yes, take the excess bad defensemen you have and get, trade them for or, or clear it up so you have fewer but better. And it, this whole conversation about the young players, talking djbnwei.com, you, 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 you did a show with Mike Giardi last Monday, in fact, and the phrase you used, DJ, that I had not heard, and if you used it earlier in the year, I apologize, but soft rebuild, and you explained what they're trying to do, trying to make, win playoff games but also trying to – mix the younger players in, and yelling at my radio was, I hate the soft rebuild. Either rip the Band-Aid off and decide what you're going to do or fight for a playoff spot. Do you like the way they've approached this year, trying to mix both the young players getting playing time but also trying to be a playoff team this year, as you called the, the soft rebuild of this year's Bruins? Here's the thing. I don't hate the soft rebuild. I'm – I'm against what I think their idea of the soft rebuild might be. Like I, the whole like totally ripped the bandaid off. I, I understand that you think, all right, if, if you're not going to be good, then really just blow it up and get rid of Char and get rid of all these guys and see what you can do. The issue is, and Matt Callum brought this up last week, people forget what the other outcome of that might be. And that might be like 20 years of being, not, not just wasting Bergeron and Krejci and Rask's primes, but like, decades of of being nothing if if you don't nail your picks and if you don't get the free agents to come uh, you leave a lot up to fate there and also you leave a lot up to a, a management group that right now i mean neely and, and sweeney that they're kind of in their first year running the show here uh we don't have enough of a track record with them to know that they would definitely do a good enough job to to complete uh, a complete rebuild uh in short order so for me I think it's fine to try to do a soft rebuild, but don't don't get it twisted. Don't think that letting Louis Erickson leave would be the correct uh, step in a in a soft rebuild, unless you get a lot for him in a trade. I think that Louis Erickson is a guy that allows you to do this kind of soft rebuild and do the kind of rebuild that teams like Detroit have done, where which is you have really good uh, veteran, dependable players, and you can plug in younger guys alongside them. And then in a a stem cell sort of way, the young players become a lot better because they're playing with good, responsible players. So for me, I I want Louis Erickson next to to David Krejci for the next three, four, five years or whatever. And I don't think that Erickson will get bad enough over the course of the contract because even though he's 30 right now, he's not a speed guy. So it's not like you need – it's not like you're counting on uh, a, a depreciating asset. Well, he'll become the guy that – it's all we'll talk about. I know they have two games for you now and, and Monday, but all people are going to talk about is Louis Erickson and what to do, DJ. And I, I hear what you're saying about playing him as a veteran. And the reason the reason I would try to move him, uh, and it's not like the Bruins are at least having those conversations, is the risk-reward. Okay, so the, the risk of, the risk of having him walk away at the end of the year and get a better contract from somebody else and you get nothing in return – I don't think that risk is worth worth the reward of, you know, having him play with these guys this year and maybe re-signing into a deal afterwards. And if if they get any oh, sort they, of they, they need they need to know before the deadline whether or not there's at least enough common ground. Um, last I'd heard, I mean, they they offered him three years around uh, around Christmas time, and term has since been kind of a. a a sticking point well, there. Well, three, because, you and know, it, he will get it, more than three. DJ, well, I don't, you know the NHL free agency more than I do, but he will get more oh, than yeah. three years of free agent, well, right? That, that's the thing. If, yeah. if they're trying to figure out whether there can be enough common ground, they've, they've at least got to kind of 
step into reality. And if they're not willing to, to budge off three, then I think they have their answer. That there's not going to be enough common ground. Yeah. And then you have to look at, all right, so are we trading this guy or are we prioritizing getting into the playoffs, beating a, a bad team like the Red Wings or Tampa or Florida in the first round and then saying, see, look, this, this plan's working. We, we won uh, a round or two in the postseason before getting destroyed by the, the Capitals, <laughs> and now we can take the next step forward, except the next step forward might not include Louis Erickson. So how smart is that? Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, so you win a round or two. The Jacobs get their gate, as you and G already talked about. But then you know, if you don't get Louis done now, like you said, he's probably not going to be here. And I guess the next question for, for those of us who don't know, uh, you know the market as well, do you, do you think there is a, a high – is there a high return for Louis Erickson? Is he is he worth uh, get? You're going to get back major pieces for him between now and Monday in this trade market this year. Well, if some of the deals that we've seen so far are any indication, uh, I mean, like Bozos are going for for pretty good packages. The uh, the Leafs they, they move uh, Pollock and um, and Nick Spalling for two second round picks, and so Pollock's a a bad third pairing defenseman. Uh, Spalling is a fourth line center. Louis Erickson is a first or second line left or right wing plays in all situations. Great on the penalty kill, obviously uh, one of the better net front guys on the power play in the league. So, and recently he's been playing the half wall on the power play and doing a good job there. So really this is a guy that despite not being the loudest player in the world is really is, is an, an excellent player and an impact player because of, of what he does in every situation. So if those guys, if those kind of role players are getting moved from multiple second round picks and Mike Weber, uh, who is basically a, a worse version of Kevin Miller gets moved for a third round pick, then Louis Erickson is going to cost at least a first, a future second, and probably a prospect. Uh, if I'm Don Sweeney, that's, that's what I'm saying, or I'm trying to make a, a bigger hockey deal. I'm trying to see what I can package. They've got the two first-round picks this year. Sure. They know they're going to have an extra second next year, so maybe they can afford to move their second next year. I'm, I'm seeing if I can get back a, a good young uh, defenseman from, from one of these teams. Is that their biggest need, DJ, right now, to, uh, a young top-four defenseman to replace what they had had in Dougie Hamilton? Yeah, to replace they had in Dougie Hamilton. And don't forget, they never really got around to replacing Johnny Boychuk. So, uh, yeah, the, the biggest need is definitely a good young top four defensemen and there are some some guys that i think they should go after but the question is how do you find a team that's willing to to give you one of those guys uh right now i'm writing a a post that that i hate myself for writing but a thousand percent speculation but i'm basically mocking trade rumors i uh by writing trade scenarios for every player on the bruins and uh I was writing about Jimmy Hayes, and I was like, you know what? What if you, you go to some team, like, what if you go to the Blues and say, all right, you need scoring. We'll give you Louis Erickson and Jimmy Hayes and Kevin Miller. You give us Kevin Shattenkirk. That's a lot for the Bruins to give up, yeah. but that, that kind of solves one of those problems. If you go to the Jets and you say, okay, we want Jacob Truba, who's a lot younger than Shattenkirk, I five years he was taken a year after Dougie Hamilton good right shot defenseman having a bad year he's an RFA at the end of the season but he really burst onto the scene well and you say okay we'll give you these these two first round picks for Truba or maybe even a a first round pick in something like David Pasternak Truba 
in that situation, you're taking your second biggest need, which is right wing, and making that an even bigger hole to fix your first biggest need. So uh, the, the options might be there, but it's, it's in some scenarios you might end up kind of snubbing your nose to spite your face. We get you out on this. So they play at Carolina on Friday. They're going to play Tampa Sunday, Sunday evening on one of those Sunday night uh, games at the Garden. Trade deadline is on Monday. Do you believe that they already know what they want to do, DJ, in terms of uh, trading? Are they buyers or sellers? Or do you think it could be contingent on what happens in those next two games? I think that they, I think that they probably consider themselves both buyers and sellers. Mm. I think that I don't think that uh, anything that happens over the next two games, unless it's like a Louis Erickson injury or a Zdeno Chara injury or something like that, will totally dictate uh, what they do. If there is a, a big injury in the next two games, that would certainly give them, um, I guess, an excuse to go out and, and really sell. But, um, I mean, who knows? That's yet to happen. But I will say, if they are to trade Erickson, it would make sense to wait until after those two games because Erickson's helping you get points right now. He had seven goals in seven games leading up to tonight. He doesn't get a point tonight, but he forces the – turnover that leads to Pasternak's second goal. So if they are going to trade him, they might as well get these two points or get these next four points uh, with him in the lineup before they, they dump him. Is the plan an all-Louis Erickson Sunday skate, 7 a.m. here on WEI Sunday morning? Pretty much. That, that wouldn't be bad. I think I think so, actually. It'll just be all-Louis all the time. Uh, 7 to 9. Do I get to see extended an hour yeah. here this week? Yes. How about that? 7 to 9. More Joe McDonald and Pete Blackburn. With DJ Bean, they call it the Sunday Skate. You see him at WEEI. You see him on Twitter at DJ underscore Bean. DJ, thanks. Enjoy the next uh, five days up on the deadline. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. That is uh, DJ Bean. Does a great job covering all things Bruins, both uh, on the website and uh, Sunday Skate at uh, WEEI Sunday mornings and on WEEI.com.